Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, Some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge when you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees look at assaultlimited.com also sponsoring today's podcast is urban savage urbnsvg.com the best quality apparel available american made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny the date night tee which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with and the hats are 100 percent american made not just embroidered here like so many others Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy the next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear remember to check out urbnsvg g.com Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com hey guys i just wanted to throw a preface in front of this podcast um marcus is an amazing dude he has so much to offer he's a yes man he said yes to so much in his whole life but uh what he didn't say yes to was amazing internet service so we had a few times during this podcast where we lost him and had to cut him back in it kind of affected the flow of the conversation but i pieced it together as much as i could so that you guys could get the uh the full effect of what he had to say. So just wanted to throw this in front of here, apologize and let you know what was going on. Hope you guys have an awesome time listening to the Marcus Torgerson podcast. Proceed with caution. All doctors to the ER. Do these guys have any idea what they are talking about? Talking about? Talking about? Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. What is up, y'all? We are back with another episode of the Squared Away podcast. We are here with a friend of a friend, Mr. Marcus. Is it Torgerson? Done. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Awesome. Awesome. Marcus, um, 
I got connected with you through a mutual friend from Instagram. And then I started checking out your, your Instagram page. And I was trying to like feel through and figure out what was going on with this guy. Right. And he's like, you got a lot of like motivational stuff and some uplifting stuff, but then also a lot of like self-defense and combat stuff. So why don't you just give me, I mean, give us the, the history of Marcus. <clears throat> well, at, at my age, that'd take a while. So I'll give you the Cole's notes version. Um, Perfect. You know, uh, my my profession for the last 16 years has been to fly around the world and teach people or certify people in Krav Maga. But I've been doing martial arts for 42 years. So martial arts or self-defense or how to kick people in the balls has been a part of my life for a large part of it. And then the motivation part really just comes from the fact that I know what it's like to have bad days. And if I can... If I can survive my bad days and find ways to keep myself uh, up on this side of the grass, then maybe I got something that might somebody might get some information from and and it helps them. So that's why the page is so all over the place. No, I like it. It, it it's it's it shows a, a human person, not just a you know marketing gimmick that somebody's just trying to do a bunch of shit, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Don't come to my page if you think it's going to be marketing or anything like that. That's. Uh, PG through teen plus a little bit R rated stuff. You're Canadian, right? <laughs> I am. Oh, the am. nicest people in the world. I, you know what? I, I 40 years ago I would have said that. Right now I'm not too sure I agree with you. Yeah, Canada's uh, got interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a nice way of putting it, buddy. I appreciate you. Where where were you at? Vancouver, Van- West Coast. What was that like growing oh, up nice. there? Well, I mean, have you ever been to Seattle? Yeah. Or Washington State? Okay, so same thing, but with Canadian money. Gray skies, yeah. raining all the time. When it's beautiful, it's outstanding, but when it's shitty, it is shitty. Yeah, it's like a Hong Kong overflow over there too, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. We were uh, we were huge. Once uh, when China took over Hong Kong in 90, whatever it was, um, there was like panic and uh, – weird story i'll tell you about it but uh so real estate agents i was training real estate agents at the time and they would have four phones landlines and cell phones going and people were buying apartments that hadn't even been built yet i mean it was massive massive excess so much so that uh engineers told me once that if everybody had actually shown up we would have the whole the whole city would have just imploded because we did not have the infrastructure to withstand that massive amount of people coming. Now, thankfully, yeah. maybe 40% showed up or 30%. Everybody else made made peace with what was going on, but weird. Yeah, I wonder why did. it was all specifically there. Is it ju- was it just all of the West Coast or was it? Well, no, but, but the Pacific Rim in general, Vancouver has such a huge Asian community that yeah. the, the migration is seamless. You know, it's, it's very, very – and the condos that were being made were – almost spitting image to hong kong so it was it was an easy an easy merging plus i guess with any sort of uh cultural move like that people like to stay around a lot of other people that are also moving so they feel similar at home well yeah and the the guy who bought the land this guy lee kushing man he was one of i don't even know if he's still alive but he was one of the richest dudes around and so when all of a sudden you find out that one of your fellow countrymen has come up and bought all this uh, this land and they're going to build on it. I mean, it's just you you go with who you know, right? Yeah, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, I so got Marshall, a lot of relatives in that area, so in Hong so Kong or in, uh, uh, in 
Hong Kong Vancouver. and Vancouver. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you been? Have you have you been to Hong Kong? Yeah, yeah. I was there yeah. a couple of years ago, but right now it's uh, everything. Uh, yeah. Everything no, going no. on, I can't get back and forth. Yeah, no, I wouldn't even. I, anything outside of our country right now, I don't even want to talk out to people. Like, have you been there? Like, and if you have, I don't want to talk to you about it because it's just a, it's just a shit show. Yeah, Hong Kong, no is, Hong Kong is locked down. I was there just when uh, after SARS happened, and I man, that was that was scary enough back then. You know, oh, when yeah. it was a real a real threat. Yeah, I got my mother still there yet. So, and I was there a couple years ago, and just with all the. You know, China's starting to push a little culture in there, so yep. it's. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You get that communist feel, that, that mm-hmm. black cloud coming over the city. Uh, so no kidding. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a whole different universe, man. Yeah. Traveling right now is is a whole different game. My mom's going to England for Christmas, and it's like you got to have a COVID test yeah. here. You got to schedule yeah. a COVID test when you get there. You got to schedule mm-hmm. another one to get out of there. It's like. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I've got uh, friends of mine who are like, hey, can you come back to Canada? I'm like, man, I don't have two weeks to stay up in a $200 a night hotel <laughs> yeah. in quarantine and and not be able to buy any food. They give you food. Like, it's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So people that are flying, God bless them. That's fantastic. But I ain't flying nowhere anytime soon. So where'd your martial arts career start out? Um, well, in Vancouver, it started as, uh, you know, typical of most kids. They One of three systems that they take, either Kung Fu, uh, Taekwondo, or Karate, right? Like, those are the only ones. And uh, so I took Kung Fu for a um, long time, and uh, that was uh, that was the start of it. What got you started into that? Was it was it Bruce Lee movies? Well, yeah, you, well, you can't go wrong with Bruce Lee movies. I mean, <laughs> shit, man. Bruce Lee. Back in the day, and ironically, once I started taking it, uh, I was about 20 minutes away from Chinatown, so I'd end up watching kung fu movies like the old Shaw Brothers, Golden Harvest ones. You know, and they would—they were smart too because they'd put an action movie and then some bullshit drama movie that nobody ever wanted to see. So, you know, you could—you got to like watch the kung fu movie, then you got to go pretend to be asleep for a couple hours and come back and watch the same kung fu movie over yeah. again about four hours later. Um, no, it was, I mean, ideally it's kind of cliche, man. I was getting my ass kicked. I was tiny and you know, you think, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to take some stuff. And then you find out that you're just getting your ass kicked more because you think that you know something and then you get punched in the face. You're like, well, man, my Kung Fu didn't help me for anything on that. <laughs> I'm just bleeding faster. So, but it, but it hit the, that's, that was my niche, man. I sucked at athletics. That was my, uh, that was my in. And just everything else that comes with any sort of martial arts or wrestling is so imperative for kids. Yeah. And, you know, if I knew then what I knew now, I had an opportunity to take wrestling in grade eight and I took the first practice and, you know, do you guys wrestle? Have you guys wrestled? Uh, No, I have family members that did. Well, you know, the first time they do a tryout, it's basically to weed out the week, right? But if you can make it through that first day, you're golden. And if I just, I'd, and it is a regret, man, I wish I had just, Come back the next practice, and I think a lot of things would have changed. I mean, who knows, but I think so. And wrestling is the sport. If, if somebody says, what martial arts should my kid take or what sport, I'm like wrestling. Boy or girl, it doesn't matter. I don't care, boy or girl. Put them in wrestling because yeah. anybody messes with them for the rest of their life, and they are going to have a world of hurt on them. It's, a, it's one of the best sports there is uh, on the planet. 
yeah, we had this cocky kid in high school who was, we were at a party and, and he was, he thought he was big shit and he was carrying around, I don't even remember what it was, a handle of vodka and he broke it and wanted to fight this guy. And this dude, he was a wrestler, had cauliflower ear at 17, right? Yeah. So he, yeah. right there, you know, it's bad news. And he's yeah. been throwing, and he's been throwing half barrels on the beer truck all summer. He drove in the beer truck. <laughs> so I remember in about a half of a second, he grabbed this kid by the collar, picked him up, threw him on the ground and drew back and was like, are you going to leave or am I going to beat your ass? And the dude left and then came back, of course, to try to start something with five other people. But it was just that right there. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Don't fuck with that dude. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. It is no joke, man. And the ears. And I mean, I don't know how many years ago that was, but the ears should be like the, like the, the big warning sign. It doesn't matter. Anybody got messed up ears, man. There's something wrong with them. There's something they do on a regular basis that yeah. you and I don't want to do. So, yeah, just leave them alone. Right? So, yeah. uh, Krav Maga. Tell us about Krav Maga. I, before, I mean, I've heard about it before, but until mm-hmm. I started, you know, doing a little bit of research to, to have this podcast, I really had no idea what it was. Well, uh, Krav Maga, so it's an Israeli self-defense system, right? It doesn't, it's not a martial art. It, it doesn't have any artistic flair to it. It's so its primary purpose is to deal with real world problems, threats, attacks, put violence back at them, and then run away. It's the idiot's guide to getting out of a street fight. You know what I mean? Like that's it's got no other purpose. At least originally that was the intent. Go in, kick some ass, and get out of there. How was that all? It was Israeli army, special forces. What was what was the idea well, there? Yeah, no, the the Israeli army in '48. Uh, it was created by a guy named Emil Lichtenfeld. He's uh, he's a guy originally from Hungary or uh, Budapest, and he came over and he the Israeli uh, defense force. It was just just being formed back then. They were like, hey, you know, you're a professional, or boxer, you're a wrestler, gymnast, you're a fitness guy. Help our help our people out. So he did. And then, you know, back then there was a war within like a minute of creating the IDF, right? So it wasn't like, oh, well, we got months to practice this shit. Let's give it a shot. It was, okay, well, let's try this and then go over 30 miles, deal with the war, come back and be like, yeah, that didn't work. Okay, well, we were fixing. We don't have months to fix it. We got like hours to fix it. Um and and it's evolved like anything else. It's evolved into what it is now, and it's it's still in my heart uh, a great a great system for the average person to learn how to protect themselves. Because it's made it's made for average people. It's not made for superstars. Like if you're I don't know if you're some kind of rock star physical specimen. Yeah, okay, you you could probably do a lot of cool shit. But for the man and woman who who is not aggressive and is isn't uh, you know. Jason Bourne, then yeah, you that's this is for you. And how did you get invested into Krav Maga? Well, so in 2005, I was like a mess. I, you know, I've had three jobs or two jobs in my lifetime. I've either been a personal trainer for fitness or I worked in bars. So, you know, those two jobs and you just kind of get stifled and bored. And I said, well, I want to do some kind of martial art again because I haven't done anything since the 90s. So I'm going to give it a shot and... So I looked into this Krav Maga stuff and it looked cool. And so I tried it out and at that school, I always, it sounds like I badmouthed this school. I didn't. It just, you know, I'd already owned my own martial arts school. I'd been doing martial arts for decades. So I knew what I was looking for and this just wasn't it. And then, you know, 
the universe kind of came in and said, well, hey, we're going to put you in the right place at the right time and the right uh, with the right person. And before you know it, October of that year, our 2005, I'm over in Israel training. And how, so, how old are you at this time? Oh, shit. That, that was 2005. So I was... 40 something or okay. 30 something. Okay. Yeah, so like yeah, you've, still... you've already lived, you've already lived oh, a, yeah, a chunk lived three of life. Lifetimes. Yeah. yeah. yeah I've had three, <laughs> three lifetimes to go. Yeah. So were you, I mean, were you fairly well versed in, I guess the, we'll call it a martial art in the martial art when you went over there or were you like just beginning no, and like, you're like, know, I'm I, going I, to Israel. No clue. No clue. And that's what makes it so funny is the fact that, you know, Obviously, I have natural talent from doing, you know, twenty-something years of martial arts. You're gonna have if you if you can't fucking have some natural talent, then you really suck. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I went over, I was able. I was on a very accelerated program, thirty days instructor program, and it was just me and my instructor. And the magnitude of that, I was lost on me then. But my instructor, he didn't do any private instructor courses and hasn't done any since so you know regardless what your beliefs in i god uh, the universe whatever i know for a fact that god grabbed me and said you're going to be with this dude and it's going to change your life and it did and it was it was not a fun 30 days like it's not like i was you know, a rock star i sucked hard <laughs> and we had long days where i was ready to fucking jump off a small bridge yeah well plus yeah. you're in a different culture too oh buddy and i never tr- I'd never traveled internationally before oh, that. Really? Oh, yeah, so I'm like, and I'm landing just before Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, which is a is a huge holiday there. So so huge that they shut the entire country down for 24 hours. So I'm, I'm I, man, I, Alice, it was like uh, Alice in Wonderland, or you know, we're not in Kansas anymore. You know, grab my fucking dog and be like, Toto, <laughs> we're 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 doing here. But it was a fantastic experience. Where were you at mentally and emotionally that you were just like, fuck it, I'm out. I'm, I mean, Buddy, I can't even imagine. Yeah. yeah. Within the first, I, I, within the first two days, within two days, it was, it was too much. I, I was like just getting fed fire, fire hose of information. And I'm going to give you a perfect example. So we have this thing called a 360. It's 90 degrees against a knife stab. It's fucking idiot proof. And my instructor was doing it and I was uh, man, I was screwing up in so many ways. I, honestly, it was ridiculous. And I had a full-on meltdown. And he was like, okay, you know what? Five minutes, take off. I'm going to have some coffee. We'll come back and try it. So five, literally five minutes later, he comes back. And he comes lunging at me. And out of the corner of my eye, I see silver. It's a fucking knife. So I block. I counterattack. Smack him in the mouth. I missed his balls with the kick by about like a centimeter. And I screamed at the top of my lungs, what the fuck are you doing? And he looked at me, and if you've been around Israelis, you'll know. He looks at me, he goes, see, you know it. Good, let's move on. <laughs> and I'm like adrenaline dump. I, I'm pretty sure I shit my pants. Like it was just, it was, it. <laughs> and then everything kind of went better after that. What was the culture like over there? Um, well, you know, Israel's a, it's a beautiful country and they're very proud of who they are. And, you know, you're surrounded by people that want to kill you. So there's, there's such a, an appreciation for life. They don't, you know, the average Israeli knows full well that their, their life can be over like that. So they really embrace that. I'm going to live for now. And if I get tomorrow, it's a gift type mentality. And that's definitely, you know, I've definitely absorbed that over the last 16 years. And is it is it still mandatory military? Oh yeah, yep. yeah. 
Yep, and they've changed it so that even the religious people got to go in now. Even if you're just going to be a cook, you got to go in. Everybody's got to serve now. Before, you could get religious exemptions, but uh, yeah, everybody, special needs people, doesn't matter. Everybody goes. And that makes perfect sense, right? I mean, it not only not only the fact that you're surrounded by people that want to kill you, but yeah. just the mental strength and fortitude that comes from even just a few years in that situation yeah to improve your entire populace imagine what that would do here Uh, well actually it would it would be great if they did that here there would be some culture shock for sure if we had a mandatory but um the one thing even even the people who you know they do three years or two years whatever it is even the people who afterwards are like "Ah, it's not that big a deal and you know they take it for granted in general, when you're fighting and you have to go to war for your country, and even when you're doing your, your training for your country, at the end of the day, you know it's because of the fact that when push comes to shove and those air uh, alarm from the Iron Dome come on and it's, it's, it's wartime, it's, it's, there's no, no bullshit. And when you talk to people who are like, yeah, I lost family members, friends, like everybody's got somebody who died. The, whether it's from the Holocaust all the way through to all the wars that Israel's had so far to – uh, the bombs that have gone off, like everybody's affected in that country from terrorism and violence. Everybody. Yeah. So how did you uh, end up hooking up with uh, Clint Emerson on the, uh, the combat edition? Yeah, I got man. the first one. I don't have the second one, but. Oh, dude. The, well, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I say that I stalked him on online. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, the truth is, is we were at an airport. We were both in Texas at the time. Well, he lives in Texas. I was living in Texas at the time. And I saw him at an airport. I'm like, hey, how are you? My name is Marcus. I stalk you. And, uh, <laughs> and then we switched numbers. And literally a few months later, he was like, hey, I got a project. Are you interested? And like, I didn't ask anything. I just said yes, right? Because that's what you do. When Clint Emerson asks you something, you're like, yes, sir. How many times would you like well. that, sir? Do I have to be <laughs> naked? Um, and, uh, and then he came up and as it started to come to fruition, he gave me the, the, the outline of what was going on with the project. And man, it turned out phenomenal. Like there's, there's no book like it on the shelves. I mean, maybe people are going to do, they'll copy it, but there's nothing that beats it. You got, uh, videos that go with every, every page of every technique. So you're not only getting the book that, that has the, the, the diagrams, but then you get videos of all these studs doing these these badass things, and the fact that I get to kick Hitler's ass in it—I mean, really, at the end of the day, that that my pro- professional career is done. I don't need to do anything more after that. Awesome, dude! I think yeah, my man. favorite thing about you is oh, you just man. say yes. You want to yes. go to Israel? Yes. Yep. You want to yep. be in do this project? Yes. yes. Like just yes. Yep. Everything's a yes. And and with the exception of obviously some stupid shit, but even then I've said yes a couple of times too. Well yeah, we all we we've all <laughs> yeah. been in some we've all been in some dark alleys that we probably shouldn't yeah. have been in, right? Yeah. yeah, and I'm thankful I'm a lot older than you guys, so you know, all my shit was done before the internet. So woohoo. No, <laughs> eh, you're older no than pay. me. Mar- Martin's got some years on me. Oh, I don't know. I might be the oldest one here. I'm not sure. I don't know. Fifty two. What do you got? Oh, I'm I'm just hitting fifty here, so Okay, yeah, see? All right. But I got the Asian jeans, so I look like I'm probably 16. Well, I was going to give you 17, but <laughs> I didn't want to insult you. Awesome. And this is where I'll I got to steal it. Martin's joke. He'll look like he's 17 until one day he wakes up and looks like Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. Oh, but, I know, yeah. I hit 65, yeah. the hair falls out. and. Uh, usually it's about 80. That's when you start to look, you know, 50. 
Yeah. Oh boy, you're really getting up (laughs) there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What's something that you didn't say yes to that you wish you would have other than wrestling? Uh, that's it. Everything else I've, everything else I've, I've done with regrets or not. I've, I've said yes to just about everything, but wrestling is, there's a couple of girls I didn't, uh, have any relationships with that I possibly could have looked back on and been like, I should <laughs> was a clusterfuck. There you're oh back. my God. Hey. That was a clusterfuck. And a half. I apologize guys. I don't know. It's not your fault. I think that once it unplugged, it wouldn't re turn your audio back on. Cause I could see on my end that just said microphone. Is off, that right? No matter if you had, yeah, no matter if you had them in or not. Okay, so, well, just, I'm You're just going to blame it on being a retard and leave it at that. <laughs> this is why we pre-record and then edit after. <laughs> okay, there we go. Yeah, see? More than just a pretty face. Nobody will, ev- nobody will ever even yeah, know. Yeah, that's... Whew, all right, dodge a bullet there. Um. Yes, we were talking about... Yes. Oh, uh, the fact that you say yes to everything, right? Like, we did... Uh, I don't know if you've ever read it, but The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. Yep. It's a book by Bronnie Ware. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing that she talks about is people don't regret doing things. No. They regret not doing yep. things. Yeah. And I think that that's huge. That's that's a if if anything comes out of this podcast, because the biggest thing with being squared away, right, is we want to try to inspire and motivate our listeners to just be a better version of themselves. That's what the whole fucking goal of this whole thing is. Of course. Yeah. And so if anything comes out of this, take that away from this podcast today is just say yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I would. And I would just add to constantly, if you have people that you give a shit about anybody, whoever it is. Send them a text message, call them, FaceTime, whatever. Tell them that you love them. Because that is by far the biggest regret is sitting on your deathbed being like, shit, I should have, could have, would have, didn't. And we're all guilty of that. There's not a human being alive that isn't guilty of it. I, well, not me. Not anyways, not me. I'm not going to be when I'm dead. I'm dying. I've, I've told everybody a hundred times so much. So they're like, please shut up. We know. We don't no, need to hear it anymore. That's awesome. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody says shut up after that. Something like that. Like that's huge, right? Yeah. Somebody just reaches out and says, "Hey, man, yeah, miss you. Haven't seen you in a while. Let's get together." Yep. And and, it, and in this day and age, with technology being the way it is, it takes nothing. I timed yeah. it. I timed what it took to type, "Hey, hey, fucker, I love you. Bye." And it was like half a second, almost a second, maybe one and a half seconds with the actual pressing send. Takes nothing. You got no reason. Right on, when you're on your shit house in the morning, right, Martin? Oh, we, we <laughs> talked about that one before. Yep, that's, that's even better. I'm shitting and I'm thinking about that. That's love right there. <laughs> but only send that to dude friends. Don't send that to female friends. They're not going to appreciate no. it. Depends on the female oh. friend, though. If she's solid, yeah, she'll exactly. be like, "Good. Well, I'm on the shitter too." <laughs> exactly. So you got yeah. a special edition of the Jack, one of the Jack Carr books, man. How did you get connected with with uh, <sighs> with Jack Carr? Well, uh, that, that is the internet. That is one of the good things about the internet. Um, when terminal list first came out, uh, I hadn't gotten a copy or something. I was at an airport. And so I just stole a copy and took a picture and was like, this isn't mine, but everybody should read it. And at that time he was just becoming Jack Carr. And so his, and he's always available to people like his, his, his reach out is amazing for somebody in his situation. Um, and he just reached out and I said, Hey, and, and man, I don't know. I can't, I can't put it into words, but he's been, he's just been solid ever since man. Like solid. I'm a total, I'm a total fanboy. I think I talk about it probably every third podcast I talk about. (laughs) 
So which is the first, which is the one that you like the most? Um, one or two. Uh, it okay. it gets, I, I like the storyline of the later ones. Yeah. Um, I love, I love yeah. him coming across Russia. Um, that, yeah, that part yeah, is like badass, yeah. you know, being the kind of mythical, you know, creature that all the Russians would yeah. like leave food out for as he's coming across the, you know, Siberia. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. But it was like, yeah. you know, like anything, right? Like you put one out and even, even artists, mu- musicians that spend their entire life, um, writing all of the songs for their first album. Right. And they come out and it's like, holy yeah. shit, this is a banger. And then you got to follow yeah. it up, you know? Yeah. Um, but the story yeah. flows very well through all oh, the yeah. books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm a big Savage Sun fan. Too. I can't put Terminal List as like a favorite. Like it's it's a foregone conclusion, right? But Savage Sun is my favorite, and this Devil's Hand that he just did with the whole COVID thing was just pushing way too yeah. close to home. You know what I mean? It's just just way too close. But this next one that's cool. Oh, fuck! Oh my Again. god! <laughs> Okay, hey, we, we, we can, hear, can you. hear me. Yep. All right, then fuck that. We're just going to leave that as is. Deal. I give up. Deal. I give up. All right. So the the Devil's Hand or the new one that's coming out is going to be uh unbelievable. And he's Yeah, I'm a big fanboy like you, brother. I I love him something fierce. He's awesome. I'm turning your echo cancellation on. All right. Oh, no, it didn't work yes. anyways. Um so have you traveled the world elsewhere since Israel? Um, yeah, for 16 years. Uh, well, for sure, the last 10. The last 10 years, I've been... There's only a few... I haven't been to Africa. That's a continent I haven't been to. But uh, I've been I've been to most of the places. Because you're training everywhere, right? Yeah. How does that work? Yeah. Like, how how did you get into that? Did you just, I mean, because once you got done with the becoming an instructor, you just kind of opened it up, or, um, just very weird circumstances. Um, my federation has a teaching team, and uh, in 2011, I'd become an expert. So it's like a, I guess, roughly a black belt, roughly, and they uh. They opened up what we call the continental instructor team, which means people on a continent. I was in Canada at the time. So I started traveling with that a little bit. And then uh, I had an opportunity to go up to our A team, which is the global instructors team. And I was the only non-Israeli on the team, which is was very cool. Um, and from then, I just I went to Israel for a year to live, actually live there and just travel, 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 and then came to Texas, travel, travel, travel. And, but I retired, I retired from being, uh, an instructor for, uh, Krav Maga, uh, earlier this year. Wow. So now I'm just on my own. So what are you, are you still doing clinics and stuff, doing self-defense training or what, what is, what is yeah. that? Well, yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll go to, to somebody's like somebody's state and do what I call be a nightmare for bad guys seminars, which is basically just a, a really idiot idiots geared geared towards idiots, uh, workshop so that everybody can learn how to defend themselves. Like I've taken Krav Maga and then just, I even dumbed it down even more so that everybody, uh, can do it. How do you set those up? Um, usually it's just word of mouth or somebody will say, Hey, I want to host you at, uh, 
at my school and I'm like, okay, well, here's the specifics. And if it actually goes to fruition, then I uh, fly over and do it. That's awesome. I mean, that's like, you're, you're making a difference for a lot of people that probably wouldn't be, you're making a difference for a lot of people that probably wouldn't be able to get that. Um, yeah, well, thanks. I, uh, I hope so. I hope so. You know, at the end of the day, it's not really about the self-defense. If I'm being honest, it's about not being afraid anymore. Right. Bad guys have the psychological advantage because they're bad guys. If we can get them to not have that psychological, psychological advantage or lessen it, um, their people's survival rate will go a lot higher. So you're a bouncer for a long time. How, yeah. Tell us some yeah, stories from there. Well, there's, there's not a lot of stories that I, that I can tell too much, but there, you know, when you're, I was lucky, I worked with a group of guys and we were together for, you know, three or four years and we would work at a couple of different clubs together, which, you know, usually when you're in that industry, you're just hired help, man. You know, it's a whole bunch of guys just working together and, and there's a lot of ego involved, right? But uh, I was uh, really lucky to work with some good guys. I mean, I wasn't a good bouncer. I really wasn't. I was a fucking asshole. Um, so with a big chip on my shoulder. So, I, you know, I was lucky that my my the head of security would get phone calls every night. Okay, we got to fire Marcus. Really? Okay, he's... Wow. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, like... D- I worked at a fancy club and David Hasselhoff called to get into the club and hung up on me. <laughs> the Hoff. Right? Because I didn't think it was really David Hasselhoff. So you oh. didn't focus a lot on uh, de-escalation then? Not at that time. If I knew him then what I knew now, I probably would have gotten a lot more raises. That's for sure. Yeah. But I'll say this. Truthfully, guys, if I hadn't been that type of a doorman, I wouldn't have had that experience to show me what de-escalation really is and how to use it. So it's a good thing that I was an asshole back then because now I'm not one now. So give our, give our listeners some some free content for for some ideals that you can follow. Just some simple stuff. Like for, in, in for what regard? De-escalation, just like mental stuff, right? Like, Okay. Uh, well, let's put it this way. With de-escalation, it's about taking a hot... Like, let's use uh, road rage, right? Or Walmart, you know, you banged into somebody's cart. When somebody's like, you're a fucking asshole, you're, I'm going to kick your ass. The simplest thing is, dude, it isn't worth your time. You know, I'm going to bleed all over you. And then you're going to have to sit there and explain why your knuckles are bruised from smashing my head open. And, you know, let's just move on. It's, it's easier that way. You know what I mean? Finding the easiest thing, or I'll give you a be- the even better one. Let's see. Um, okay, so Paul, I'm going to look at your shirt, right? You want to beat my ass. I'm like, okay, I understand that. But I need to know, Paul, or not Paul, where, where'd you get that shirt? Because that shirt is dope. That is, a, that is a fantastic shirt. You can hit me in a minute, but I just need to know where you got that shirt. Because 
after I get out of the hospital from you kicking my ass, I need to go buy one. I like that. You're adding some humor, but also kind of giving them, you know, you're, you're putting after you kick my ass, right? You're not even, you're, you're not threatening. You're not, you're not contradicting. You're, you're balancing stuff out, using somebody's emotions, kind of giving them a chance to calm down and also giving them something to not necessarily like you like about you, but giving them something to appreciate about you. Right. Like Martin, Martin will know this uh, phrase better than most save face, right? (laughs) It's always about saving face. So if the bad guy wants to save face, that's why he's usually acting like an idiot. So I let him save face. Yeah, man, you know what? You're right. I was, I can't believe I bumped into you like that. I was just fighting with my woman and I think she's cheating on me. So you know what, dude, go ahead and kick my ass. Cause my woman's already fucking another guy and my kid's sick. Whatever, man. Just go ahead and hit me. Yeah. Well, de-escalate. Right? Yeah, like, pick your battles there. Right. And if he does still want to fight after that, after I've told him that my woman's cheating on him and my kids are sick, he still wants to fight. Hit him right in the fucking throat. Kick him in the balls and run like hell. Yeah, because at that point in time, it has nothing to do with you. He just wants to fucking fight. Yep. Yep. And if that's the case, hurt him as best of your abilities. Awesome. Um. Where have you been lately? You were in Texas, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was in Texas, but I was there to get baptized. So that was just go in, do some business. Oh, you weren't you weren't there doing any seminars? No, I was there earlier in the year yeah. uh, doing a couple of seminars. Uh, but I'm 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 done for uh, for oh. travel for the year. That's it. I'm I'm chilling out now. It's vacation time. Um, well, I have a good friend of mine, uh, his name's Jay and, uh, he had, he had, you know, we had talked a bit and I said, you know, I, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna come out there. His, uh, his wife had just passed and, uh, he's like, yeah, come on out. So I bought a ticket and I had no idea what I was going to do, but I bought a ticket, flew over there and said, Hey Jay, you know, um, how do you feel about baptizing me? He's like, well, let's do it. And so it was, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's awesome. It's uh yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. I love Texas. I mean, yeah. I love Texas. If I'll probably be moving back there at some point in time. Texas yeah. is amer- amazing as long as they don't California it up. I don't honestly they're trying really hard, but they they keep forgetting about the the 90% of real Texans that are there and that that ain't never going to happen. Yeah. Ever. If we could just move them all a little bit further north, California's a beautiful state. The people suck, well, but yeah, yeah. I, you know, like I won't go, I go to Austin, uh, a little bit for work, but excuse me if I, you know, I've got good friends there, but yeah, I'm not a big fan of Austin. Yeah. Austin's like Madison, Wisconsin. So is it? Yeah. It's yeah. nice to go in enjoy the fun stuff, but you got to get out. The politics are so, uh, so screwed up. It's, it's insane. Our governor at one point in time in the 80s called Madison 30 square miles surrounded by reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that, that's Austin. <laughs> so, oh. Just a little bigger. Oh, ouch. Well, I say just if you want to come to a place, just come, but don't bring your, your bullshit with you, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, we I think that's a reasonable thing. We actually did an entire podcast about that because it's not just, you know, moving from state to state. It's also moving, you know, going from one country to another country. And there's a lot of things. There's a reason that you left a country to move to another country. Yeah. If it's if it's an immigration type, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you go to a different state, it is an immigration thing. There, no yeah. matter what, you're immigrating to another state. So, you know, read the land, be what be what what everybody else is about, and 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 don't be a dick. Yeah. Right, so, and reali- uh, realize the reason that it's awesome. Yeah. 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 Well, it, it's easy for three guys who are good looking to say that. <laughs> it's different for the whole world to sit there and do it. <laughs> Okay, so since we're uh, at that, we're both at the half century mark. Uh, so, so what's your regimen? How do you take care of yourself? What's your uh, what's your diet look like? Mm, well, diet is uh, I uh, I'm not I'm not so good on that. Uh, let's just say Panda Express and I are good friends. <laughs> um, Martin too. Yeah. Oh, that, well, that, that's not real Chinese. Man. It's not real Chinese, but it's cheap and it's uh, I don't have to cook because I'm oh. a shit cook. Um, but wise, you know, um, I walk a lot and I, I like walk a lot several times in the day and I go to the gym almost every day just to, you know, I'm, I, there's resistance training and some functional fitness that goes in there. But the truth is at this stage, I care about the word mobility. That's all I care about. I want my body able to move, you know, um, I, I do want to sit there and be able to, sh- you know, run 20, 30, 40 feet at a full sprint to get out of harm's way. And I do want to be able to drag somebody out of a burning car. And so my training is regarding that stuff, but just my general mental and physical health walking is, is what I do 99% of the time. And that's something a lot of people overlook is, is your cardiovascular strength is is built up a lot when you're younger yeah. and doing a lot of the extreme stuff that you're doing, yeah. then it's maintenance, right? It's maintenance and it's making sure that you keep mobile. Yeah. Yeah. The mo- I think that's the biggest problem when you have stuff like older people with their hip injuries and stuff like that. It's just mobility. That's, that's causing that insecurity for the fall. The fall isn't what necessarily does it. It's the fact that you tense up and you're scared and you're afraid and all that stuff. That's what ends up getting the injury. All of us fall. Um, it's the recovery. That's a bitch. So my, my biggest thing is just mobility and, and a functional strength that I don't care what I look like. I just care that I can pick up children, pick up, you know, you know, if you're 280 pounds, well then you're dead. You're ain't nothing I'm doing for you. But, uh, but generally speaking, (laughs) if I can grab kids and take them out of harm's way, then good. Then, then my job here is done. You guys seen that commercial that that I think it was a YouTube commercial. Maybe it was on TV, but it was an old man and he grabs a kettlebell and it just goes through like the progression of him grabbing oh. the kettlebell and lifting it up. Man, when he lifts yeah. his granddaughter up, I got tears in my eyes. I'm a I'm, I got two daughters, so I'm a total sap. But holy yeah. shit, that's a Christmas one. It's coming yeah. out again. Brilliant. I don't know if anybody has listened to the Peter Atia podcast on Joe Rogan, but man, he, he's a, he's a all, he's a longevity doctor, right? And everything that he talks about after, you know, 60, 70 years old, it's, it's all eccentric movements, making sure that you can control yourself when you're walking down steps, right? Not falling from step to step, a control drop and getting out of bed the right way. And it's, it's everything. I mean, that, that type of shit, people don't think about it, but after 70 years old, man, that's, what's going to take you down. 
Oh, did we lose him? There he's back. Your internet got cut off that time. Mine did? Yeah. Wow, okay. Said your, said your internet was poor. Hopefully all of this is uploading. Otherwise, we're just going to have to do this again. <laughs> A different day, though. Not today. Oh I won't goodness. know. I won't know until we finish up if it's actually all uploading. It should your yours should be keep uploading in the background. It says that it's uploaded, but um. So you're done with done done with the teaching career as far as the federation. Yeah. But still doing some seminars and stuff when people want to have you in. I mean, is or are you just retired? Retired completely? No, I don't think I'll ever retire. Retire, but uh, the structured job is is done and. You know, I work with some groups and, and they'll fly me in for some training, you know, but it's very low key working with just with companies or or organizations that want to train up their guys to be a little more functional in whatever profession it is that they're trying to do. So just more kind of uh, just casual, I would say just more casual, not not structured. That sounds glorious. What are you going to do with the rest of your time? Uh, that is a good question, my friend. And it's something that I wake up every day. Okay. Holy Christ. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know. Uh, I can honestly say this is the first time I've had this kind of problem with my phone, internet, all that shit ever in like three yeah, years. It's, so. No. It's weird because it's good. I can see the upload speed and it's good. It's good. It's good. And then it just falls off. So who knows what's going on? But, no um, right. Well, we can wrap, um, one last question for you. This is kind of one we like to throw in with guests once in a while. What's the best purchase you've made under a hundred bucks in the last year? Most useful, most useful purchase, um, under a hundred bucks. Wow. That's a good one, guys. Oh, that is a really good question. Cause I, I'm really cheap. I don't really buy a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> I guess, you know what? I guess a French press because I love coffee, man. And that shit was, uh, that was, uh, that was the best investment I'd ever had. I love me a French press. What's your, what's your coffee style? What's your favorite coffee bean? Um, actually I'm, I kind of do that. Like I do women. I don't discriminate, man. I'll take, I'll take any coffee bean there is. As long as it's not decaffeinated, I'm good to go. Yeah. Decaffeinated is such a waste. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I'm, I'm fortunate. The company that I work with, uh, Alpha Coffee, they send me coffee on a regular basis. So I'm like spoiled as all get out. Like I'll drink any coffee, but I'm really lucky that the coffee I get is dope. <laughs> awesome. Well, tell everybody where, where they can catch you, where they can find you. What's your Instagram handle, Marcus? Okay. Well, my Instagram is just at Marcus Torgerson, one word. And uh, my website is the Perfect. best way if you really need to get in touch with me for something, though Instagram is the best way, uh, is just MarcusTorgerson.com. Look simple. at you, MarcusTorgerson.com, grabbing that fucker up before somebody grabs it in front uh, of yeah. you. With, yeah, before some 10-year-old sits there and then yeah. tries to sell it back to me, I got to run him down and kill <laughs> him. Right awesome thanks dude i really appreciate everything um ton of good information here and just you're just a good dude say yes to everything everybody out there say yes say yes
Unless you're in prison and they want to have sex with you, then you may want to pause for a second. Hey, who are you to judge? That's right. Yeah, that's oh, actually, man. who knows? Maybe yes, that's good. That's a good, that's a good that right on, Paul. You're right. Yeah, I need to open my mind a little bit. That's right. <laughs> oh. All right, I'm going to stop awesome. recording. Thank you very much. I'm going to stop yeah. recording, but uh, don't hang up yet. All right. It's not on.